It's the Garden Nerd Tip of the Week podcast. I'm Christy Wilhelmy. Thanks for joining us. And welcome to our new format where we spend time chatting with guests to ask for their favorite tip. After 10 years and 473 podcasts of our own, we're reaching out to other experts in the gardening world. My guest today is Scott Daig, owner of Power Plant Garden Design in Ojai, California, and more well-known, I would say, as the <laughs> producer of Tomato Mania, the world's largest and most fun tomato <laughs> seedling sale. He is also co-author of a book of the same name, Tomato Mania, A Fresh Approach to Celebrating Tomatoes in the Garden and in the Kitchen. I am so excited to have you here today. Thank you. Well, it's great to be here, Yay. of course. All right, well, let's dive right in. We're actually sitting... In the middle yes, of Tomato we're having, Mania. we're having you here today, aren't we? <laughs> I'm it's here. It's really great to have you at Tomato Mania. Thank, Thank you. you. Well, yeah, and, and and for anyone listening, you can probably hear a lot of freeway noise in the back because we are at Tapia Brothers Farm Stand in, right. in Encino. Is this technically Encino? This is Encino? Encino. We're right in the middle of it. That's right. Right at the 405 and the 101. Right at the 405 and the 101. <laughs> and you have to get off at the 405. You have to get off at the, off the <laughs> what, the 405 on Burbank because if you try to get off at Havenhurst it, off the 101, you'll die. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a little tougher and that it's really backed up today because it's so busy but it yes, is exactly. so around us are about what 300 different varieties we of aim tomatoes? for about 300 every year we fall just a little short of that because greenhouse can be tough uh-huh. but um but we really do we aim for we aim for about 300 varieties and we shift them up every year okay so that it's not the same thing obviously that's why it's fun you know because we get to do something different and and we challenge people with different things if they're at there we get we have most of the classics that people are after but the fringes kind of change right every year so we right can, we can do interesting things cool and and uh, the, to me this place is really like running away to the circus for gardeners can you describe a little bit about uh for, for people who've never been here before what this looks like my gosh, it's a pasture full of tomato plants. I mean, that's pretty much what it is. We 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 nestle in between the farm stand itself and a field, right? Uh-huh. And with hay bales and and uh, just rows and rows and rows of tomatoes, all signed, all sort of identified, and and uh, sort of encouraging words, hopefully, about each of them or things that help people choose. Yes. And everybody is just you know sort of walking around with their jaw on the dra- on the ground because it's really hard to pick. And I when I first started coming to Tomato Mania, it was all the plants were in alphabetical order. Is yes. that still the case? Well, they are. We've, we've varied that a little bit okay. in that we have now what we call Cherry Island. Ooh, <laughs> so, exciting. So you can go right to Cherry Island to get your cherry fix all at once. Awesome. But generally, we do. We keep them in, in alphabetical order because we figure it's the, basically the only... It's the best way. We've done some sales with reds and greens and yellows. We've done some with size. We've done, this is kind of the best way we figure. So I that, think, there you yeah, are. That makes sense. I prefer things to be organized in, set, <laughs> in such a fashion. So, so I'm going to ask you how this all started. Gosh. Um, here at Tapia, it started... Well, the, the tomato mania itself started at the most wonderful nursery in the world called Hortus in Pasadena. Hortus. In the, God bless the, Hortus. The mythical, the, the very mythical now Hortus, <laughs> yes. which was amazing. And Gary Jones, my buddy who owned the nursery, started it. I worked for him for a few years, and this was my baby. I was so excited about this event. So I helped Gary build it. We we took it from, you know, uh, it became the busiest weekend of the year at the uh-huh. nursery, and, and really a favorite of everyone's. So it was a big deal. And then, of course, when... Um, when the nursery had to close, this was the one thing that I could help keep alive, mm-hmm. and I was so excited to do that. So that's why we're still here. So we popped it out of the nursery. The first attempt here, actually, this was at the, the Tapia first Brothers Farm Stand. After the after the nursery, we proved it could stand outside the nursery, and of course, since then, we've been in 
25 states, or 25 cities, five states, all over, trying to see where it works best. That's incredible. Yeah, it's fun. And I, and this is just a little, a little insert here, side note, that I, I brazenly emailed you from my work <laughs> computer at my full-time day <laughs> I love, job. I love that. Back in the day, um, to ask you about your transition from working for someone else to being, you know, to self-employment before I myself made the leap <laughs> to Garden Nerd. And I, I and your advice, that. I remember, it was so helpful. I and I just want to thank you for That's that. That's so nice. That was that was over 10 years ago. Uh, I love it. I, look at you now. Look at me now. <laughs> See that? I'm interviewing That's you. Incredible. I love That's this. incredible. So I have a question, because you live in Ojai, yes. where it, as someone from Ojai said, gets to be a buck 10 out there. It gets, <laughs> it gets like 110 degrees more-ish. And so how do you deal with growing? What does your garden look like around well, well, that time? Well, well we, live, we, we garden in Ojai in the middle of pastures, so it okay. looks like Fort Knox is what it looks like. Ah. The gopher wire, the snake wire, the six-inch fence, or six-foot fence, excuse me, uh-huh. the, the aviary netting. I mean, we really are locked in. Okay. In, this, in the garden where we are most successful, uh-huh. I should add. Um, I garden outside of that because... I just need more space. Right. But no one ever big, has enough no, space. No, we have a big 30 by 60, and no, that's never enough <laughs> space for everything you want to put in there. But that's our test garden, and uh, and how do we deal with the heat? I mean, uh, oddly enough, I think the aviary netting is, is it cools a little bit. Oh. Even even as wide as that is, yeah. it cools slightly. Um, but here's the deal. I mean, I think if you're managing your soils correctly and well, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're amending and they're rich. Number two, you're mulching to protect what you can protect, yes. right? And then you get your water right. Um, tomatoes want it hot. They don't necessarily want it to be 110. Uh-huh. And and that's mostly for you because pollen's going to become infertile and you're not right. going to get any, any any pollination during that period. That was right? my next so question. So that's a really bad idea. Right. But in terms of the plant just, you know, th- like, you know, living, it's fine. Come on, these guys, this is a Mediterranean uh, native, if you will. Right. That's where they came from, native uh, Mediterranean spaces. So it's some, it's not that they don't they don't thrive in the heat because believe it, they do. Mm-hmm. They just won't operate so well in the heat. And that's and look, no right. fruit means they're not operating. Right. So that's not good, right? Exactly. So, because pollen drops at around ninety degrees. Over ninety, it's dicey. Right. And so, are you? planting your tomato what's your strategy well look it, it, you can you can strategize all day long and then the weather happens right right so each year we hope that we hope that we get a kind cool may or cool it's <laughs> kind build, of cool may. building into a nice june uh-huh. that builds into a nice july that never happens uh-huh so we plant early mid-season and late tomatoes uh-huh. right i plant in succession which mm-hmm. is huge yes you know it, it's lovely to fill your garden all at once with tomatoes but if you plant two tomatoes every three weeks from now until the middle of June, if you have that space, uh-huh. you know that way you're varying those flowering times, which means you might outsmart the heat waves. That's a good we idea. We like that, right? That's, that's, that's smart. So if you have the space, that's great. Or you know, find another pot that you can put something in later in or whatever. So succession planting, doing those physical things that you can, you know, that you can that you can do to help. But look, if it's 95, 100 degrees, there's just not a lot you can do about that. Right, and even shade cloth won't really no, do anything. It, about I mean, that. it makes it shadier and hot. Right. So you still get. <laughs> so you still get. You still get that that toughness. So we are we are dependent on the weather. We're farmers. Yes. You put. You know, I say this in my classes, right? Right. You put in a tomato. You're a farmer now. Yeah. And so we deal with the same kind of challenges, and the environmental effects of a summer are, are, is the biggest one. Right. So I want to talk about your book for a moment. Thank you. It's beautifully filled with photographs, uh, gorgeous photographs, and great advice. Can you tell us a few details about the book or, or how, 
or how the opportunity to write it came about? Well, we had done a couple years ago. Well, well, I should say a couple years ago, 15 years ago. I started with a, a go to Kinko's, ago. go to Kinko's and do a bunch of copies and put a cover on it. And hey, uh-huh. here's some tips, uh-huh. you know. And so we did that. We did that three or four years in succession, and we're very kind of you know loving that. Yeah. And then I guess with the uh, with the advent of uh, technology and stuff, we sized up and did our own self published. Oh. A smaller version of the book okay. about five years ago. Okay. So we had a small 70-page, you know, full color, the whole thing, kind of a, a guide to growing. And that was actually the pitch to the publisher. Oh. And we said, we can do this bigger. And we can add recipes. And we can expound on more things because we have more space. And so that's we ended up with a 200-page book Fantastic. with 20-plus recipes and more that we wanted to say. And, yes, all those glorious pictures. Glorious pictures. So that's what happened. We, got, we, were, we were lucky enough to get that, you know, that bid, if you will. Or that nod, and uh, there we are. It was fun. And Jen Garby, my co-author, um, was a love, and she was really the brains behind it. I was the energy behind it. I uh-huh. like to say I was the energy and, and, and most of the words. <laughs> she was the she was the uh, she was the brains and the smarts and the whatever. And it was really a fun deal. So nice. She's lovely. And it's great to collaborate with somebody on that because well, then you don't have all the burden on you. Well, it's all we know that you know there there are things about that book that I couldn't have done. Yeah. And uh, there were. There were items about the book and inclusions of the book that she couldn't have done or yeah. written. So, yes, it was, a, it was a really nice collaboration. Awesome. All right. So it is time for our special tip. And I, I, you can probably choose from any one of 100 tomato tips. <laughs> but what is uh, one great tip for, for tomato growing that you would like to share with the Garden Nerd audience? Well, look, here's the thing. I always talk about when I give any class or, you know, there are two things that we mess up in the tomato garden. Generally, we can figure out where to plant them. Yes. The kinds, well, that's arbitrary, and they'll, most of them will do well and all that. There are two things we screw up, fertilizer and water. Yeah. So my tip's about water. Okay. you gotta, you got to fertilize, excuse me, you got to water your <laughs> tomatoes. fertilizer. Yeah, there's that too. <laughs> you got to water your tomatoes deeply and infrequently. Yes, say they that again. Deeply and infrequently. infrequently. They, don't want, they don't want wet feet. They don't need wet feet. They want to dry out a little bit. you got to push them a little bit. Not to the extent that they're drooping before you water them the next time. But like I always say, look, it's like a puppy. Start training them early. Mm-hmm. See if you can water them every third day and they look good and they're fine. Then go to every fourth day. Then go to every fifth day. Now, container growers out there, forget all of that if you're in. Right. Forget all of that if you're growing in containers. Because hot, hottest days of the summer, you might be watering every day. You just have to know your situation yeah. and water for the size of your pot, the location of your pot, all of that. Um, so you may, you have to make, you know, you, the pot will will require a little bit more of the gardener. But in the ground, deep and frequent water sets up a well of water below those roots, directs the root downward, provides provide something on a windy, hot, whatever day, the plant has a reservoir. Yeah. That's what you want. Awesome. And that gets the job done. That is good. Now, do you feel the same? Because I know that some people consider raised beds sort of in between in-ground planting they and are, containers. They, they are a hybrid. They are and, absolutely a and, hybrid. And they, I find that they dry out more they, quickly than in-ground. They do. There are many, many, many bonuses to growing in a raised bed. Yeah. There are additional challenges. Yes, there are. So we love the convenience. We love the real estate. We love the getting it out of, you know, disease soils, whatever your reasons might be for doing that. They're all good. But make sure that the soil in there is representative of, uh, well, it's, you know, the opportunity to produce a perfect soil. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, you know, from my, in my raised beds, I'm after a soil that is more similar to ground soil than to a potting soil. Yeah. I will not fill that sucker with potting soil. Right. I want some planting mix in there. I want some, I want some heavier stuff in there. You're going to get drainage just Fine. The uh, you know the height of what you're doing. Yeah. So I just make sure in my own, I make sure that there's a little more dense soil in there, 
right and it's not all not all light and pithy and the water goes straight through and now you know you got three feet of container to manage or whatever it is right um it's a huge advantage but yes know how know how quickly it's draining it can be it can be you know it can be a, a little tricky and also the other thing uh christy is that that soil that large amount of soil yeah also can take a while just to like acclimate just like to settle in right. i've had i've had beds raised beds that the first year are terrible Second year, we're going to make mm-hmm. it happen because the soils have had a chance to set up a system. Right, and, and that's interesting. The and microbiology good. is finding Absolutely. it, and there's, Absolutely. Yeah, you there's gotta, a lot more going and, on. And so, you, I think the first year you act like it's a complete pot, mm-hmm. second year you act like it's a little bit more of a hybrid, and you're good to go. Yeah. <laughs> Well, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna break the code here and ask for that fertilizer <laughs> tip as well. Oh, I hey, love it! Why I love not? it. Two tips. I like that. Yes. Tomato mania. Get a little crazy. <laughs> Don't overdo it. Okay. Don't overdo the fertilizer. Look, I have people who tell me tell me they get tomato great tomatoes if they put fertilizer in their water and they water every time they fertilize. Mm-hmm. Or yes, they fertilize, fertilize every, every time, time they water. That one. That one. Got it. But that's okay if you're not doing a full strength fertilizer Mm -hmm. tomatoes are greedy they're going to use every bit of fertilizer you give them so this is the email i get in july every year my tomatoes are amazing they're 10 feet tall they're green they're glorious there's not a tomato in sight what's going on right and i I say how are you watering and how are you fertilizing and generally it's too much of both too much of both the plant's too happy and and too much nitrogen well primarily and that could be a a shift or a or an imbalance in the fertilizer that you're giving know the basics people when you buy fertilizer find out what you're giving it right Mm -hmm. and and know that for sure but i use the watering example only to say that look you can water you can fertilize any way you want just control it if you're if you're if you're doing it in water you've got to use a small dosage all the time that's fine right if you're going to do a granular follow the directions and then kick it up a couple weeks every five or six weeks give it in the ground give a you know do okay. some fertilizing in a container you better be fertilizing every 10 days yeah that's all you're giving all it can get is what you give it right it can't so, reach deep for so nutrients these, so it's different again it's different for every situation again the raised bed right same thing you know that's going away more quickly so know your situation know that product that you're using and give it enough just don't give it too much Awesome. And one last question. What's sure. your favorite tomato? Ouch. Okay. There's a really difficult one. It's really hard. It's a really difficult one. Well, listen, I, I just was talking to a gentleman that works at the Huntington, right? Yes. And and after after we talked about seem, seemingly just hundreds of tomatoes that are out here on the floor, um, he said, okay, which one's your favorite? And I had to go to that, I had to go to that one that... I like it as much as other ones, but it's the one that I miss if I don't plant it. Oh. You know the little uh, little French Jean Flamme? Yeah, Jean Flamme is my favorite. Yeah. One of my favorites. I mean, I just, I feel funny if I don't have that in the garden. Now, yeah. I, you could step, you could set that next to five others and I might go, okay, the taste of that one is maybe a little bit better than that one, but that's got a strange kind of a draw for me and I, I love it. I think it's great. It works for so many people and it's, uh, yeah, I'd have to say that one. Okay, Jean For today. And, 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 and that's, by the way, listeners, that's the one that most people mispronounce as Juan Flamé. <laughs> That's the California case. Exactly. That, that one. <laughs> it is. That's it. Our, 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 we've adopted that as Juan. Juan Flamé. <laughs> right. So it's Jeanne, which means it's yellow in French. Jeanne Flamme or Flaming Flame. yellow. You see, you see tags with all sorts of accents I, everywhere. Everywhere. It's no, in the wrong place most of the time. You'll find it. You'll know it. Exactly. And it is a, it's an outstanding little tag. Awesome. Well, thank you for all those tips, Scott. And thank you for being on the Garden uh, Nerd Tip it. of the Week love podcast. It. All right, garden nerds, for more information about Scott Dagg and Tomato Mania, uh, you'll find that on gardennerd.com this week. We're going to share links to his website and book 
as well as a nifty 30-minute video from the Google Kitchen where Scott shares tomato recipes and other awesome tomato growing <laughs> advice. So that's it for this week. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen. Visit us for tons of gardening information at gardennerd.com. And you'll find us, and there's the trash truck, <laughs> you'll find us on Instagram and Twitter at GardenNerd1, on Facebook at GardenNerd.com, and of course, our Garden Nerd YouTube channel. Happy gardening!